Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 120 of the Money Love Podcast. Y'all, I have some fun things planned for us this week. Are y'all ready? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Today's episode, we are going to talk about the four phases of belief. And then bonus, I am actually going to be dropping a second episode later this week, probably Thursday or Friday, that is going to be called the four phases of behavior change. I thought it would be really fun if we walked through both of these things this week. They're obviously super closely related. And I was going to do it all in one episode. I was going to do an episode where we did the four phases of belief and the four phases of behavior change. And I started mapping this out. And I was like, wow, this would be like a two-hour podcast episode if I did these together. So we're going to break them up separately. And I'm going to drop them both this week. If you are around in October, I missed dropping two podcast episodes in October. You guys are always just so patient and so gracious with me. And so I just have to say thank you. But just for my own personal... I don't know, moral standard (laughs) that I want to hold myself to, was not super pleased with myself about that. So I told myself, listen, we're going to make it up. We're going to make it up. So we're going to do two podcast episodes this week, and we're also going to do two next week. So I'm not even going to say you're welcome because they're just episodes that you should have even gotten in the first place. So really, I should say thank you to you guys for just being patient and gracious with me with some personal things that were happening in October that I just wasn't able to get the episodes out, but we're going to make it up. So four phases of belief. Let's kind of start diving into this today. I had the idea to do this episode from a question actually that I got from somebody on Instagram and my Instagram DMs. And she said something along the lines of the changes that I'm looking to see with my finances and with my mindset and with my behavior, creating these results that I want to see, becoming this version of myself that I have in my head, it's taking a long time. (laughs) She's like, this is taking a lot longer than I thought that it was going to take. And I could tell that she was saying that to me in the context of And because of that, I must be doing it wrong. Like, And because of that, there must be something wrong with me, or I must not have the right steps, or there must just be some piece of the puzzle that I'm missing here because this is just taking too long. And it was almost kind of like she was asking me for advice of like, how do I speed this up? How do I make this go faster? And my response to her was, listen, you're not doing anything wrong. In fact, based on everything that you've told me, the fact that this has been a slow and steady process for you, that this is taking time, that you're being methodical, that you're experiencing setbacks, tells me that you're actually doing everything correctly. You're not going too slow. You're not behind. You shouldn't be doing anything differently than you are. You're doing everything perfectly. And you could definitely tell on one hand, she was relieved, right? She was like, oh, okay, well, good. Like, that's good to know. That's good to hear that I'm not doing anything wrong. And then on the other hand, you could also tell that she was frustrated (laughs) by that response a little bit because I think she was kind of hoping for me to say, oh, no, 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 here, like fix this, fix this, fix this, and that'll make everything go a lot faster. That actually sparked the idea for this podcast because 
what was happening for her and for you and for me anytime that we really set out to create a new result and to evolve into a different version of ourselves is we have to step through these four different phases of belief, which will then spur the four different phases of behavior change that we will go through later this week. But I think it's really important that we have this conversation because I know that a lot of you might be feeling that way, maybe with your finances and also probably in a lot of other areas of your life. Maybe it's something with your relationships. Maybe it's something with a health journey. Maybe it's something in your professional career. You just feel like, oh my gosh, like this is taking so much longer than I want it to take. But I think in the world that we live in today, in the 2023, you know, I call it like the Amazon world, the instant gratification world, where literally everything, whether it's products or whether it's people or whether it's information, is literally at our fingertips 24 7. We have all become so accustomed to getting a lot of things when we want them the second that we want them. And it just doesn't work that way with your beliefs. Forming new beliefs and believing new things, and as a byproduct of that, evolving into a new version of yourself takes time. There are steps to it. There's phases to it. And without a doubt, which we're going to talk about, you will experience setbacks. It is not a linear path. Sometimes it's going to feel like you're taking two steps forward and one step back, or maybe one step forward and then two steps back. It's not going to be a perfect linear path, and that's okay. And I need you to hear that because I need you to understand that if that's your current experience right now, nothing has gone wrong. And I need you to hear that because oftentimes when things aren't going as smoothly as we want them to or as quickly as we want them to, our brains immediately default to, well, this must not be right. This must not be working. There must be something wrong with me. So I'm just going to go ahead and give up, throw in the towel, jump ship, and give up on this reality that I'm working to create. When the truth is, is that it was actually working all along. You just weren't as far along as you expected yourself to be at this point in time. James Clear actually talks about this in the book of Atomic Habits. It's one of my favorite concepts, and I know I've talked about this on the podcast, but I'm going to talk about it again. He talks about this period of time of being in something that he refers to as the valley of disappointment. And the valley of disappointment is essentially the gap between where you thought that you were going to be at this moment in time and where you actually are at this point in time. There's a gap there. And really what that gap is, is it's just a missed expectation. You thought that you would be at point, you know, E along the way, and you're only at point B. There's a missed expectation, which then creates disappointment, disappointment in the process, disappointment in yourself. And it often leads to so many of us giving up. But remember, you're exactly where you need to be. You are progressing. And even if you're not to the point that you thought that you would be in this moment in time, it does not mean that anything has gone wrong. And it certainly doesn't mean to give up. I think when you hear these four phases of behavior change, it will be easier for you to pinpoint where in this process you are. Again, whether we're talking about something with your finances or elsewhere. Let's start with talking about what a belief is. A belief is simply just a practiced thought. It is a thought that you have thought so many times, so subconsciously, so habitually, 
that as of right now, it is a thought that you now accept to be true. Beliefs are super important because I heard someone say this one time, and I really liked this terminology. They said that beliefs are the mental architecture of how we interpret the world. Beliefs provide us context. They also provide us a lot of stability because they help us assess when we're safe. They help us assess threats. And beliefs are also the catalyst of every single result that we end up creating. You can look at your present moment today in the moment in time that you are listening to this podcast episode, and you can look around your life and you can look at all the results that you've created. And every single result that you have created from how much money is in your bank account, to your relationships, to the job that you have, to the certifications that you hold, have all been a direct result of the beliefs that you have thought and believed, meaning you've accepted them to be true up until this point in your life. And it's through the chain of events of the model that this happens. There are circumstances of the world, which is our reality. And then we're going to have thoughts and interpretation about that reality. Those thoughts and interpretation and perceptions and beliefs will form your emotional experience surrounding those circumstances. And from those feelings will either stem actions that you take or actions that you don't take in action. And when you total up those actions or that inaction over a period of time, that is going to create the results that you end up seeing. So this is why your beliefs are so incredibly important, not only to A, start with forming a baseline awareness over what your beliefs are, but then B, identifying what those beliefs are, deciding if they are helping you get the results that you want, and if they are not, forming new beliefs that will. And when you get to that point of uncovering, okay, these are the beliefs that I've had that have formed the set of results that I've created thus far in my life that I'm not super wild about and that I want to improve upon. We then move into the next phase of, well, what do I need to believe in order to create new and different results that I will like better? I have to say that that's one of the biggest shifts that you can make in your life when you set out to accomplish something or to create a result. What most people do is they go, okay, what do I need to do in order to create this result? If I want to pay off $10,000 of credit card debt, what do I need to do to pay off the credit card debt? If I want to save up $10,000, what do I need to do to save up $10,000? If I want to grow a seven-figure business, what do I need to do in order to do that? And yes, of course, the actions that you take are critical in any result that you want to create because you can't create a result without the actions. But the actions will ultimately stem from the feelings that you're feeling and the feelings that you feel are a direct result of the thoughts and beliefs that you have. So people will ask, what do I need to do to create this result? And I say, the first question you should be asking before you even ask, what do I need to do? Is what do I need to believe? What do I need to think? What do I need to believe in order to create this result? Because when I believe and I have thoughts that will serve me to create those results, the rest will ultimately take care of itself. Now, again, this is a process that comes in phases. And I just want to tell you that this is hard work. It requires patience. It requires diligence. And it's not going to happen overnight. I always say that 
when you are forming new beliefs, what you are doing is you are turning a dirt road into an eight lane highway. Right now, a lot of the thoughts that you have thought your entire life that now don't even seem like beliefs to you anymore because you've thought them so many times, they honestly just seem like facts of the world. Maybe you have a belief like, I'm bad with money. I can't be trusted with money. I always blow it. Building wealth isn't meant for me. Those are thoughts and beliefs that you have that, again, you've thought them so many times, maybe they don't even seem like beliefs to you. Maybe they actually just seem like circumstances, right? You're like, no, Paige, that's reality. That's my reality. It feels factual to you. You have thoughts and beliefs like that right now that have led to the current set of results that you've created, but those beliefs, because they are so practiced, those beliefs are the eight-lane highways in your brain. Those are the neurotransmitters that are very, very strongly formed. They fire automatically, very subconsciously. They come from the habit part of your brain. And when we are working to form new beliefs, we have other neurotransmitters that we are trying to form, but those neurotransmitters are not anywhere close yet to being the eight-lane highway where cars are flowing and they're flying and they're going 80 miles an hour without stopping. The new beliefs that we're forming are kind of like driving on a backcountry dirt road, right? It's really narrow, it's dusty, it's dirty, it's bumpy, it's uncomfortable, and you cannot go 80 miles an hour or else you're going to destroy your car. You have to drive 30 miles an hour. You have to go slow because it's not formed. It's not established. And so when we're forming a new thought and belief, that's what we're working on. We are working on turning our dusty, bumpy, slow dirt road into a wide, smooth, cruising eight-lane highway. And just how that process would take time in real life, it's also going to take time in your brain. Now, I want to talk to you about a part of your brain. I think this is important because when we're talking about, okay, this is why your beliefs actually matter, I do always like to present kind of like the science behind it. And y'all listen, I am not a doctor. I'm not a neuroscience. This is just what I've learned about the brain from reading and listening to people who know a lot about this stuff of what they have to say. And I'm literally just regurgitating what they have to say. But hearing this stuff is always helpful for me. Like when I can understand how my brain works, it helps me slow down and have conscious awareness in the moment of understanding like, oh, okay, I understand what's happening right now. I understand what's going on right now. So there is a part of your brain called the RAS, R-A-S. And your RAS stands for your reticular activating system. And your RAS is essentially just like a bundle of nerves at your brain stem. And your RAS has a lot of different functions in your brain. But one of the primary functions of your RAS is that it filters out unnecessary information so that the most important things can get through. I want you to think of your RAS kind of like a gate or a filter. Your RAS is what sifts through all of the data, all of the evidence, all of the stimuli that you are absorbing on a daily basis. And your RAS is the filter that only allows you to process the pieces of stimuli, evidence, and data that are most important to you. This is the part of your brain that's working to be efficient. That's one of your brain's primary jobs is conservation of energy and being efficient. And there's just no possible way that your brain can absorb everything. And so your RAS helps your brain be efficient by only letting through the pieces of information that are important to you. 
Now, the pieces of information that are important to you are the pieces of information that confirm the beliefs that you already have, because that's what's easy and efficient. Now, this, of course, all happens without you noticing, but your RAS is constantly seeking information that validates what you currently believe. It is going to filter your world through the very specific parameters that you give it, and your beliefs are what shape those parameters. So if you believe that you are bad with money, you probably will be bad with money. If you believe that you are socially awkward, you probably will be socially awkward. If you believe that you're bad at public speaking, you probably will be bad at public speaking. So the RAS helps you see what you want to see. It acts in a way so that the gates open to allow in anything that confirms your beliefs. And in doing so, it's going to influence your actions. The RAS is why we have the yellow car syndrome. Like when you think about how many yellow cars are out there, you'd probably say not many. But then when you actually start to consciously look for yellow cars, you will start to see yellow cars everywhere. If you guys heard of lucky girl syndrome on social media, when everyone was talking about lucky girl syndrome, where it's like, oh, I'm so lucky. Everything's always working out in my favor. I actually read a lot of articles that said that lucky girl syndrome, although it was just kind of like this trendy social media craze, was actually backed by a lot of science. And a lot of that science has to do with our RAS. When you believe everything is always working out in my favor, I always have exactly what I need when I need it. When you're constantly thinking that and believing that, your outside world and your outside reality will begin to reflect that through the chain of events of thoughts, feelings, actions, results. I think that's important to note. Like, that's why your beliefs matter. Like, that's why when I say, like, when you believe you're bad at money, you're going to be bad at money. When you believe you always blow it, you're always going to blow it. And I know sometimes I say that and it's kind of like, okay, but why though? Why does that happen and how does that actually work from a very like practical scientific place? And that's why. That's why your beliefs are so important. And I know we're like 20 minutes into this episode and we haven't even gotten to the four stages of belief. We're about to get into that. But again, y'all, I just feel like it's important that we do this recap on beliefs, like what they are, why do they matter? Where do they come from? How do they form? What does forming new beliefs look like? and reminding you guys that it's a process that's going to take time. So let's actually hop into the four phases of belief. Here we go. Phase number one is what's called the impossible phase. This is the phase before you actually start doing the thing that you want to start doing, before you start paying off the credit card debt, before you start saving up the money, before you start training to run the marathon. This is the phase where your brain is going to be very past focused. It is going to be focused on all of the things that you've either done in the past that contradict the result that you're wanting to create. And it's also going to focus on all of the things in the past that you've never been able to do yet that are similar to the result that you're trying to create. So if you're trying to run a marathon and let's just say you've never run a marathon before, maybe not even a half marathon, or maybe you've never even run a mile before, your brain is going to be like, are you kidding? Are we being serious about this? Are we actually going to go out and try to run a marathon when we've never actually even been able to run like a mile in our entire life? When you're wanting to get out of credit card debt and your brain's like, seriously? But we've always been in credit card debt. That has been our reality our entire adult life. We've never not been in credit card debt. We've never been debt-free and actually had money in the bank. We've never had a positive net worth. Your brain is going to give you all the reasons of why you can't do this. 
And every single reason that it's going to give you of why you can't do this is going to be because of something that you've either done or you haven't been able to do in the past. You're going to be filled with doubt. You're going to be filled with fear. You're going to be filled with skepticism. And I just need you to hear that that's so normal. (laughs) It is so normal. And for any result that we want to go create that we've never created before, you're always going to start in the impossible phase. But even if you're in the impossible phase, you guys, what you do have to recognize about being in this first phase is that you've actually made a huge first step in getting yourself to the point where you're even considering it. In order to reach the impossible phase of running a marathon, it means that your brain has actually offered you the thought, maybe we should run a marathon. Maybe we should try to get this credit card debt paid off. Maybe we could make a career change to something where we're going to make $100,000 a year. If you find yourself in the impossible phase where your brain comes back at you and is like, psh, impossible, not happening, no way. I just need you to recognize that although that can feel discouraging, be encouraged by the fact that you've even gotten yourself to this first phase of just considering it. Like it's something that you have created a desire for yourself. It's something that you now want. It's something that your brain is contemplating, even trying. Your brain's like, should we do this? Should we try? And even though your brain is immediately coming back to you and being like, absolutely not, this is impossible, you've still made a giant first step. And what's important to recognize about being in the impossible phase is that when your brain comes back to you again and is like, no way, no way, no way in heck that this is ever going to happen, I need you to hear that that is simply just your brain's coping mechanism. That is your brain doing what it does best, which is trying to protect you trying to keep you safe, trying to keep you inside the cave, trying to keep you away from pain and connected to the pleasure that you get from status quo, that you get from doing things that are practiced and easy and familiar. And so that's why I say like it's very normal to start in the impossible phase and it can be discouraging to have those thoughts of like, there's no way that I could be able to do this. But the biggest thing here is just to recognize when you first go into phase one, you're like, oh, I'm in the impossible phase right now. This is something that my brain is trying to tell me is absolutely impossible. And I want you to also think about things that you've done in the past that your brain tried to tell you were impossible that you actually ended up doing and creating. For me, I can think of one result, and I've done a podcast episode on this, was when my husband and I didn't eat out a single time for four months. I remember going into that time period thinking, like literally being like, this is impossible. It is impossible for us because right now we are eating out five to seven days a week for every single meal. And to go from that to not eating out at all, it's impossible. But we did it, right? We did it. We went four whole months without eating out. In college, I used to run a lot. And I've never actually run a full marathon, but I've run a lot of half marathons. I've run like five or six half marathons. But before I actually started running, I wasn't really a quote unquote runner. I didn't run a lot. I only started doing it because my best friend wanted to do it. And she was like, come do this with me. And I was like, fine, okay, like I'll run a little bit with you. But then I kind of got the running bug and I started doing it. But I literally remember telling her, I'm not going to run this half marathon with you. I will run a couple of miles and then I'll probably duck out. And if you want to keep going, you can. But this just isn't going to be for me. But I did it. I ran the first half marathon and then another and then another and then another. I've paid off you know, over six figures worth of debt. And I remember before we even put a penny towards debt, being like, this 
feels impossible. It feels impossible for me to do this. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it, but I did it. So for this first phase, recognize when you're in it, nothing has gone wrong. When your brain tries to come back to you and give you all of the reasons why you can't remember that it's all going to be based in the past. It's all going to be based on you've never done this before, or you've created results that are very contrary to this, that are going to make it really hard and impossible for you to do this. But we're not going to use our past as an indication of what we're capable of creating moving forward. And just remember, almost have like compassion for your brain and what it's trying to do for you. It's like, I see you brain. I understand what we're trying to do here. I know you're trying to keep me safe. I know you want to do things that are efficient. And listen, the thing that I'm wanting to do, this is going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. It's going to require effort and energy. And I know that those are things that you don't want us to do. And so you're wanting to keep me in the cave. And your way of doing that is by telling me this is impossible. So just don't even try, but I'm not going to listen to you. I'm at least going to take the first step and try, which then leads us into phase two, which is the possibility phase. The possibility phase is kind of when you start to have more of this whisper that's like, but what if I really could do this? What if I actually could make six figures a year? What if I could pay off the credit card debt? What if I could build a seven-figure net worth? Like, What if I could do this? You'll know that you're in the possibility phase because you start to really build up this curiosity just to try. Now, I do want to set expectations. This phase still does feel terrible, right? It's still laced with fear and doubt and skepticism, but there's like a sliver of possibility. There's a sliver of possibility that, okay, I think I can do this. I think this is actually possible for me. Inside the Overcoming Overspending membership, I teach the members how to form new beliefs, right? Like I actually walk them through something that's called the thought ladder to say, this is how you actually form a new belief. And I want you to visualize like a ladder with rungs and you're just going to work your way up the ladder. And each rung is a new thought that you are working up and then working up and then working up. But I always say that what the ladder has to be on, the foundation of the ladder has to be possibility. If your ladder is not on a foundation of possibility, your ladder will end up falling over. It won't be able to stay up as you are climbing higher and higher up the ladder. And it doesn't have to be a lot of possibility, y'all. It just has to be like a sliver, a sliver of possibility. And if your brain is even to the point where it's like, but what if I, what if I actually could run the marathon? What if I actually could get this job at this company that I've always wanted to work at? That's how you know that you've moved out of the impossible phase and into the possibility phase. And that's all you need. You just need a little bit of possibility. Now, again, many times your brain is still going to revert back to, okay, but there's this and there's that, and there's this obstacle and that obstacle. And your brain is still going to be offering you most of the time why you can't do this. I would say in the impossible phase, it's like you're at 99 to one. It's like 99% of this is not happening. This is totally impossible. And there's like a 1% even just like, hmm, but what if? When you've moved into the possibility phase, I feel like you've kind of moved into like 90-10. of it is still going to be like, no way. There's no way this is happening. But you're going to have 10% where you're like, it's possible. It's possible. And you just need that 10% possibility foundation to build on. 
Phase three is the probable phase. The probable phase is when you actually start taking some small but mighty steps towards the things that you want, and you actually start seeing some tiny results. You actually start to collect some wins, and those wins start to happen with some level of ease. It's where you shift from the thought of like, maybe I could do this, to I might be able to do this. Like I actually might be able to pull this off. We're not totally there yet, like 100%, but there's absolutely still doubt in this phase. I would say in the probable phase, we've moved from 90-10 to probably 50-50 at this point. 50% of the time, you're still like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do this. I don't know if this is going to happen. The other 50% of the time, you're like, I think I can do this. I think we got it. This is the phase where you're kind of in that world of equal airtime. And equal airtime is a concept that I teach where I'm like, listen, I want you to give equal airtime to the good and to the bad. So if you're going to spend 10 minutes projecting and catastrophizing about all of the things that are going wrong and how everything sucks and how you're not going to get what you want, I want you to spend another 10 minutes on the opposite end of the spectrum thinking about and visualizing all the things that are going well and how this is going to go right and what it would look like if things did work out for you. I want you to practice that equal airtime. If you're going to spend 10 minutes in the negative, spend 10 minutes in the positive so we can balance out that thinking. And when you're in the probable phase, that's kind of the phase that you're in. There's still going to be a lot of doubt probably a lot of scarcity, maybe even a lot of negativity from your brain, but I want you to offer it just as much on the other side. That's the probable phase. You're like, I think I might be able to do this. Things start to happen with ease. And I can say that there's a lot of people inside the membership. I love seeing this because we have a Facebook group that people are always posting in and posting a lot of wins, which I love to see. And I can so easily tell when somebody has kind of shifted out of the possibility phase into the probable phase. Like I think a lot of women come into the membership when they've entered phase two, that possibility phase, they're still filled with so much doubt and fear and self-judgment, but they're like, I know it's possible, so I'm just going to try. And then they join the membership and they start consuming the content and getting the coaching and applying what I teach. And then I can so see when they shift into the probable phase because they'll go into the Facebook group and they'll be like, listen, this is super small. And I know to you guys, it might not seem like a big deal, but this is the first paycheck I've gotten in a long time where I didn't spend it immediately. This is the first week that I've gone in years without using my credit card. This is the first time in recent memory that I actually went into Target and stuck to my list. And it's funny because they always say like, I know this doesn't seem like much, but that's how I know that they're in the probable phase. When you start to get those small wins where you're like, I think this might happen, right? I think I can do this. So that's phase three. And then phase four is the positive phase. The positive phase is where you start to believe more that you're going to get the thing that you want than you believe that you won't. Phase one, we're at like 99.1%, the impossible phase. Not happening, but there's like a sliver, like a 1% of like, what if? The possibility phase in phase two, it's like 90.10, still dipped to probably not going to happen. The probable phase, we're at 50-50. 
when you've reached phase four, the positive phase, I would say it's 90-10. It's 90% I'm doing this. This is going to happen. And 10% still of just like maybe this won't. And I think it's important that you guys notice that because I don't know, honestly, if a lot of us will ever get to a point until the result is done, like done and dusted, and we've crossed that finish line, that we will be in 100% belief. I know that that gets pushed out a lot in the personal finance world, like just believe, just believe, just believe. And I know I talk about belief a lot because it is so important. But I also just want to note that like, if you have moments of doubt and you have those negative thoughts creep in from time to time, even when you're in the fourth and final phase, like it's okay. That's simply just how our brains are wired to work, right? Our brains are wired to look for lack, to look for scarcity, to look at what's going wrong, to look at where we're falling short. And I just don't think that that's a part of your brain that you will ever fully be able to turn off. So even when you're in the positive phase, you're still going to experience some doubts and some setbacks. It's just going to be a lot less than before. But you do believe a lot more now than you don't believe. You're having thoughts like, I know I can do this. I know that this is going to work this time. I know it's just a matter of time before I get there. This is the phase where you have hope, where you feel motivated because you have momentum. You're talking more positively to yourself. You're noticing the progress that you're making. You are celebrating your wins. And you're also becoming much more aware of your thinking. So let's kind of walk through an example here, right? Let's say you want to pay off $10,000 of credit card debt. You're going to start in the impossible phase. Your brain's going to be like, not happening. We've never been able to do this before. You have always been in credit card debt. And frankly, you always will be in credit card debt. But again, there's just this little part of you. You have this desire to get out of credit card debt. And that desire, that seed of desire is all we need to get started, to go from phase zero which is basically just, you know, acceptance of the status quo and just saying like I'm not even going to try because it literally seems that impossible to moving from phase 0 to phase 1 of being still in the impossible phase but being like I have this desire. You're considering it. It's something that you want for yourself. Then you kind of move into the possibility phase where you're like, okay, but what if I could do this? We have shifted into that 90-10. We have that 10% foundation of possibility. Maybe when you're in this phase is the phase that you're like, I'm just going to go and get all of my credit card information. <laughs> as scary as that is and as awful as I know that's going to feel, I'm just going to log in and I'm going to get all of my information. I'm going to get my balances. I'm going to get my minimum payments. I'm going to get my interest rates. And I'm going to take all of that information and I'm going to take it to undead it and I'm going to put it all in and I'm going to just see what it tells me. You're just in that world of possibility of like, what would this look like if I did do this? And then when you get the plan, it's like, hmm, okay. So there we go. Now we have the data, the timeline, the information. It feels possible to me. In the probable phase is when you actually start to execute that plan. You're actually starting. You're like, woohoo, I did it for a month and then I did it for two months and I put extra amounts towards my debt and I'm following this plan and I am starting to build confidence that I am going to be able to do this. Like there's a big part of me that's like, I might actually be able to pay this credit card debt off. And then you're going to move into the positive phase where you've built really, really good momentum. Maybe you've had a couple months of consistency. 
Maybe you've paid off half of the debt. Maybe you've paid off most of the debt. You're rolling. You're moving. You have momentum towards that finish line. That's kind of the progression of belief. You go from impossible to possibility to probable to positive. Like I am positive that this is going to happen. Now, remember what I said at the beginning is that this isn't going to be a linear path. And sometimes you might slip from phase to phase. Like you might make it into the probable phase of phase three and something might happen. Maybe there's like an unexpected expense that comes up or maybe something happens and all of your money has to go there for the month instead of going to your credit card. And you slip from being in the probable phase to going back to the possibility phase. There's those obstacles and roadblocks and setbacks. It's very much possible to move backwards in your belief and to move between phases. And so I just want to tell you that if you learn about these phases now and you're like, okay, cool, like let's go, let's start progressing through the phases. And it's not just like a nice, straight, pretty line and you don't just progress perfectly through all of it. It's okay. It's totally fine. Sometimes it's going to happen. Sometimes you will progress very pretty and perfectly, but a lot of times you won't. And again, if that happens, it doesn't mean that you are doing anything wrong. If anything, it means that you're showing up, you're trying, you're rolling with the punches, and you're dealing with the obstacles as they arise. Now, here's the last thing that I want to leave you with in this episode today, is I want to leave you with three of my favorite tools that you can use as you are progressing through these phases. If you actually want to learn the process of how to form new beliefs, I want you to go listen to episode 11, which is a throwback. It's one of the very first episodes of the podcast that I did. So you're going to have to scroll back, but it's episode 11 and it's an episode called How to Believe New Things. That is the episode that I walk you through the tool of the thought ladder and I walk you through that in detail. This is also a skill that I teach you inside the Overcoming Overspending membership. So If you want to work on this with my help, with my coaching, and also in a community of women who are all trying to do the same thing, you can come join us in the membership, overcomingoverspending.com. But here are my three favorite tools that you can use to strengthen a belief that you are trying to work on. My first tool for you is to make your beliefs concrete. This is the process of changing your dirt road thought into an eight-lane highway thought. And a way that we can speed up this process and make it go faster is when we can make our beliefs feel more concrete. And for me, one of the best and simplest ways that you can do that is simply by writing out your beliefs on a consistent basis. I have a journal that basically the journal is just pages and pages and pages and pages of the same template. Like every single page just has 10 lines. And at any given point in time, I have 10 beliefs that I am working to form. And at the start of my workday, I sit down and I write my 10 beliefs in my journal every single day. And when I do that, it helps me make the beliefs concrete. When I write them down on a piece of paper, when I'm consciously like thinking it in my head and moving my hand and writing them on a piece of paper, Remember, it's programming my RAS as I'm going throughout my day to be scanning for evidence that supports the beliefs that I am writing down on paper. Your brain is like a computer. It's brilliant and it's efficient and it wants to scan for things that you want it to look for. Like if you tell your brain like, hey brain, I want to start looking for yellow cars, your brain will start looking for yellow cars. 
if you tell your brain, I want to start looking for evidence that I'm actually really good with money, it will start looking for evidence of that. Or I want to start looking for evidence that I could be a six-figure earner. It will start looking for evidence for that for you. But one of the best ways that we can do that is actually writing down the beliefs that we have, concretely getting them out of our head and onto a piece of paper. The second tool that I love is visualization. When I say visualization, I think a lot of people picture like going into a dark room and sitting in a, you know, a yoga pose and, you know, hand over heart and deep breathing. Like that's not what visualization has to be. I actually do a lot of my visualization when I'm walking. So whenever I'm on a walk, before I start listening to a podcast, which I normally do on my walk, the deal I always kind of make to myself is like, okay, before I start listening to my podcast, I have to do 10 minutes of visualizing. So I have a goal to get my business to a certain income level and to get the membership to a certain member level. And I will actually spend, you know, five, 10 minutes on my walk visualizing what that will be like. I visualize future page having a business at that level, what my days look like, what I dress like, how I manage my time, how I eat, how I take care of my body, how I sleep, how I coach, what the podcast looks like. I visualize and I get super, super detailed and super specific over what my life will look like when I've created that result, what the membership will look like, the coaching calls that we're going to do, the concepts that I'm going to teach, what the portal is going to look like, what the workbook's going to look like. I mean, I visualize all of that. And I love visualization as a tool because I think when you can visualize something, it really helps you embody from an emotional level the person that you are wanting to become in the future, but it allows you to do that today in the present moment. It puts you in that energetic state today. And I also think visualization is a really powerful reminder over how powerful your mind actually is. Because so many of us are in a state of emotional childhood where we're telling ourselves, I can't feel the way that I want to feel until I get this credit card debt paid off, until I'm a six-figure earner, until I get my business to the point that I want to get it to. When you are visualizing, you are literally going to that place in your mind. You are going there mentally. And I find that for me, when I can go to a future state that I want to create mentally. It puts me in that energetic state right now. And it reminds me like, oh, I don't have to wait until I have the seven-figure business, or I don't have to wait until I weigh a certain weight, or until I have a certain number in my bank account to feel the way that I want to feel. Because by visualizing it happening, I feel that way now. I can feel good now without having created the result. And when I can feel good now, I'm much more likely to go and create the result that I want from this energetic place rather than depriving myself of the emotions that I feel like I don't deserve to feel until I've created the result. So again, you don't, it doesn't have to be this thing where you're like in a dark room and it's Zen and you have music playing. Like if you're doing dishes, if you're folding laundry, if you're on a walk, if you're commuting to or from work, before you do the thing that you normally do, like before you turn on this podcast or before you pull up the YouTube video or, or before you you know, call your husband on the way home or whatever, say, before I do the thing I normally do, I'm going to spend five to 10 minutes visualizing, creating this result that I want. I love visualization. It's so powerful. Thirdly, asking yourself really, really powerful questions. 
There's a saying, it's not my saying, but it's the saying that a statement closes the mind and a question opens the mind. I just did some coaching on this inside the membership last week. But that's what a belief is. A belief is a statement. A belief is like, I'm bad with money. I can't be trusted with money. I always blow it. Wealth isn't meant for me. Those are beliefs, but they're also statements. And a statement is going to close the mind because a statement is just going to be like, yeah, okay, sure. You're right. You are bad with money. Wealth isn't meant for you. You are going to blow it. A question will open the mind. So instead of saying, I'm bad with money, can we shift that to asking yourself a powerful question that's going to open up your mind and open up your RAS, right? That gate's going to open to allow in observations, data, evidence, stimuli that previously it would have been closed off to. So instead of having the thought of I'm bad with money, a statement that closes the mind, you can ask your brain an amazing question like, in what ways am I really, really good with money? Instead of having the thought of, I'll never be a six-figure earner, asking yourself the question, in what ways can I go out and create six figures worth of income this year in a way that feels fun, aligned, and exciting? How awesome of a question is that? Because remember, y'all, your brain's like a computer. If you ask it a question, your brain wants to answer it for you. And it will do that through your RAS. When you have a statement, your RAS is closed. That gate is closed. There is nothing getting through that gate. When you ask yourself a question, a powerful question, it's going to open up your mind by opening up your RAS. That gate is going to open and again, allow things in that it was previously closed off to. So I love the tool of asking yourself powerful questions. I've also done a podcast episode on this. It's episode 47. It's an episode called The Power of Questions but I highly recommend that you go listen to that episode as well. So listen to episode 11 and then listen to episode 47. Those are the four phases of belief, y'all. I really, really hope that this was helpful to you, beneficial to you. I really hope that you liked this episode. If you did, it would mean the absolute world to me. If you could just take 60 seconds, if you're on iTunes or on Spotify and just leave a review of the show, it really, really, really helps the show gain traction and gain visibility with other potential listeners, right? It lets them know that, you know, the show's good and what we do here is valuable and important and you guys are getting a lot out of it. I mean, of course, don't leave a good review unless you feel like it's warranted. But if you do feel like it's warranted and you've been getting a lot out of the podcast or this episode specifically, it would just mean the world to me if you could just take 30 seconds out of your day to do that. Like I do every episode, I will never stop advocating for you, which means I will never stop inviting you to join me inside the Overcoming Overspending membership. You can just join us for as long or as short as you want. Come join us for a couple of weeks. Come join us for a month. Come join us for a year. It's very flexible, totally up to you. But again, remember, you guys have a special code MLP30 that you can enter at checkout that will give you $30 off your first month. You'll just go to overcomingoverspending.com, go to the checkout page and enter in that code at checkout. I hope to see you in there. And again, tune back in later this week because later this week I will be dropping kind of the follow-up to this of the four phases of behavior change. All right. I love y'all. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Money Love Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, then I want to invite you to join me in the Overcoming Overspending membership. It's where we take this work deeper and apply the concepts and coaching from each week's episode into your own life. 
By being a member, you have exclusive access to my overcoming overspending process, 10 monthly live coaching calls with me, a private podcast, members only community, monthly money topic and challenge, bonus courses, and so much more. There's nowhere else like it out there to level up your finances and life. Simply go to overcomingoverspending.com to join and you can enter in the code MLP30 at checkout to save $30 on your first month inside the membership. See you inside.